Bearcat Bounce Podcast, back at it again. Happy Monday. Happy National Championship Football Monday as the Michigan Wolverines are taking on the Washington Huskies in the background of this podcast Monday. Happy Monday following a massive victory, making me fired up, making me more than two feet in, ten toes down at BYU, the Ken Palm darling, the metric darling, the media darling, massive victory there. Happy Monday to that. And also a a, a massive, gargantuan, unbelievable, happy Portal Monday. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, but seven Portal editions in the last two days for your Bearcat football team as they get ready, fired up in the weight room with Nico Palazzetti, year two of Coach Scott Satterfield, year two of the Big 12, and we're fired up. It's also a Monday as well. We're going to bring in my pals, two guys right now, maybe three. There might be three, but for now, two guys, Aaron Smith, Chad Brendel. Gentlemen, how are we? I'm good. I'm good. Made some uh, made some wi- some smoke some wings tonight, and then uh, for the national championship, smart. And I, so we I ran up to uh, Jungle Gyms Saturday, mm-hmm. Saturday, and when I go there, like I spend half of my time there in the sauce aisle, looking at all sauces, and you know I'm a big sauce. So- you know, you barbecue a lot. You sauce. You sauce guy. Right. So I got some uh, slap your mama. Buffalo wing sauce. Okay. And some sweet baby Ray's Carolina mustard sauce. Yes, sir. And I mixed them and put them on my wings tonight. And it was awesome. Is is the slap your mama some some uh, dry rub? No, it's uh it's a uh, hot it's, wing sauce. It's, buffalo oh, okay. sauce. Because we use the, the, the slap your mama like it started ice. as a rub. Yeah, it yeah, started yeah. as a rub. But I, I saw they had a wing sauce, so I was like, ooh. I like the rubs, not as much as Meat Church. I like the rubs, so oh, yeah. uh, I tried the sauce, and it was it was delicious. Like the way you 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 rub on that chicken wang makes it makes it tasty. So so did you? What are you a drum or a or a or a? Um, I mean, I like flat. both. If I had to pick, I would pick flats. Okay, I think the flavor's okay. better. Chad, who did but, you have going into the game? Uh, Huskies or, or Wolverines? Probably Michigan, and just there's so much better at, at the point of attack on both sides. Right. Uh, but I mean, Washington's offense is is high octane, so yep. Michigan could dominate the point of attack, and and Washington Penix gets a couple deep balls, and it changes the whole dynamic. So it's going to be exciting. Seven nothing as they're watching right now, but uh, Huskies driving. Both teams have only had the ball once. That's so good. The offense have been so far, but uh, Aaron, sir, and we're we're at six minutes left in the first quarter. This one's it's moving, Brent. Oh, it's not yes. good for you. BBP is gonna be moving too. Aaron, how are we, sir? Good. It's Monday. Uh, I, I did get this little gem finished. My my Lego Nippert. Wow. Oh baby, now that Pretty looks great. like you got a. You gotta be real careful with with the fangas on that puppy. 
pretty cool. Got to be real careful with your fingers on that. And then uh, got my, my little old bear cat also. That's a Lego too? Yeah. Is it a bobblehead? Uh, the head swivels and oh. the, the, the arms and legs move, but oh. it's got a, a tail. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Golly, look at you. New accessories. Yeah. The accessory man. Love it. I love it. Well, happy Monday to you, Aaron. Did you cook up anything special for the national championship food-wise? Thanks. He doesn't no care about the national championship. The, national championship. Yeah. the kids are wow. playing Fortnite. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't care. Wow. I made I made crack chicken just because it was easy crock, crock pot meal. Okay. Well, hell yeah. Lock it on in. Well, you know, if, if you're in your car, I advise you to put the phone down. Do not turn on the national championship and drive. But, uh, you know, if, if any bozo out there does that, then they, they you know, lose, lose a hubcap or, you know, happen to, happen to see themselves bump into a curve, make you so mad you want to slap your mama. But, uh, you know, what? If, if it happens and, and you got to go get your car fixed, head on over to Danco Transition and Auto Care. Danco Joe will hook you up. You know, I just got an oil change today. I couldn't, I, yeah, I couldn't figure it out with Danco Joe. I apologize, Danco Joe. But man, I know you what you would have hooked it up a lot better than old Jiffy Lube did here in Indy. But uh, you know what? Head over to Danco Joe. Ten dollars off your next oil change. Ten percent off your next fixing. Danco Joe. Mention Chad. Mention Aaron. Mention Wes Miller and the Cincinnati Bearcat basketball team. Get it all done. Get it all figured out. Danco Joe, we love you guys. We love you. But let's uh, let's let's dive right in to the the order at hand. That is your Cincinnati Bearcat basketball team. I tell you what, that first half you're watching, you're uh, you know you're you're feeling little little flashbacks of the Evansville first half. You're you're feeling a little frustrated, a little. Concern for what is is to come the rest of the way this year, and then all of a sudden they come back, they pull out a fantastic win, arguably the best win of the West Miller tenure, seventy-one to sixty on the road. BYU goes down. Cincinnati Bearcats right now, 29th in the AP poll, twenty-eighth in the coaches poll, twenty-seventh in Ken Pop, rising in the net. Tell you what, this is a. Uh, it's, it's a team where all of a sudden you see the pieces start to mesh. You see the action come out on the court. And now you're walking away at about midnight, little, little 12.30 a.m. on a Saturday night, feeling excited, feeling fired up. Chad, Aaron, you guys had a nice little nightcap. Good, good group of people in that nightcap. Oof. I tell you what, I'm sure you people both were excited. Over. Yeah. I'm sure you mowed over not only how exciting that was, but you mowed over a little bit more about the basketball game itself. So tell me a little bit about how how in your feels, how excited you were all throughout that Saturday night fun. Well, look, doing a 12.40 in the morning live show mm-hmm. uh, is the mood is very dependent on what happens on the floor. Oh, yeah. And as Aaron will attest, the mood on Friday on Saturday night was impeccable. 
if mm. if they would not have won, it would have been a different uh, tone to the evening. And if you're going to stay up that late, and you're going to be live until what we went we were live until what Aaron almost two like right at two we went off the air roughly yeah, roughly if you're going to be up that late. You would much rather positive vibes than negative vibes. So the positive vibes with a very large audience, a very large audience, uh, was was well received. So we thank everybody for that. It's awesome. I you know, I listened back to it and uh hey, I tell you what, when people are excited, people are happy, seems like you might have had a had a couple with the money line, a couple with the uh Ten and a half point spread as well, maybe spreading that 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 post holiday cheer around, if you will. But uh, man, the game itself, another tale of two halves. But for me, a little bit more a tale of a full game because you look at how bad offensively the Bearcats were in the first half. The fact that they were only down seven against a high powered offensive team on the road that just tells you the type of defense that the Bearcats were playing. Throughout that entire game, especially in the second half, but guys, what's uh, what's what's the main takeaways? A couple days removed. Well, you you make a good point there, Brent. First half they had thirteen turnovers. They shot twenty eight percent from the floor, seven of twenty five from the floor, thirty three percent from three, two of six from three point land. The two things that kept them in this game. Free throws, they were eight of nine from the foul line. Mm-hmm. And then defense, uh, with with BYU only having 31 points. Because if, if BYU gets to 42, like even anywhere near their average, if they get there, this thing's probably out of reach by halftime. So, yeah, the offense struggled, but you got to the line. You played good defense, and you rebounded, and that gave you a chance as you got into the second half. Yeah. We appreciate that, those $30 in donations, Connor. I I bought Aaron a box of diapers. Wow. Congrats, Aaron. It's like, you did? Send them now. That's that's news to me. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Wow, Royer. Did not expect Royer on National Championship Monday. I told you he was coming. You didn't believe me? On National Championship Monday? I can't believe it. Unmute yourself, Royer. Act like you've been here before. And tell us how the hell are we? He's still muted. He can't be. Super super muted. He he has forgotten how... You're, you're, how computers work. you're unbelievably <laughs> slow. He's gone. <laughs> National championship money. I, I told you. He said that, he could, gonna that couldn't have been that couldn't have been funnier. He's about the to comedic, say, guys, I try. He's gonna say the comedic timing on that was impeccable. <laughs> he, he he saw Washington made the, made the field goal and then immediately said, All right, I tried, guys. Sorry. Back to the back to the game. But yeah. Um, I, I guess Aaron's gonna go try and be it from uh, from Athens. Good job. Good job. But uh, yeah, Chad. I, I mean the 
the defense is something obviously that is is mentioned quite a lot in the second half and you know you kind of look at that first half as well and you just see no flow offensively for the for the Bearcats and really no flow for BYU and the flow that they did have was you know it's like Khalifa dishing out dives like he's sitting front row at a Florida State football game if you know you know uh it, it's also like you saw a couple of threes made by one player in particular Kevin now yeah, yeah. Trevor now the entire time was he was the guy the man we're talking about the second half and obviously the decision Mark Pope made but there was really no one that stepped up in the first half for Cincinnati I think Vic led the team with six points and then after that it's kind of spread out of who picked their poison here and there I mean obviously it was a fast start but five quick points and then you, you kind of don't do anything for the next four four or five so odd minutes so the defense is what had to keep you in the game throughout that stretch uh did you think it was kind of just a weathering of the storm and, and trying to figure things out in that first half or was it just everyone was out of sorts i i don't know it, it to me it just seemed like it was just it's hard to really put a pin on exactly what it was the, the answer, it's always usually the most simple answer, and it's that they didn't play well. Like, yeah. they, they were making unforced errors, unforced turnovers. Like, BYU's not a team that is trying to turn you over. Like, they, they play a fundamental sound defense, but they're not way out in the passing lanes. They're not challenging everything. Um, So a lot of just dumb, silly, like – trying to almost trying to do too much like trying to 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 roll everything all into one ball and make it on one play and and that's just not how basketball works um they they missed some easy shots uh they didn't get a, a lot of shots just because of how bad the turnovers were and and they fueled you know that that that's where that kills you is especially against a team like BYU, Brent. Mm-hmm. They hit a three, you turn it over. They hit a three, you turn it over. They hit a three. I believe they went from up one to down eight, like that. It's like forty five seconds. Yeah, and you can't you can't play that well on defense, and then just give up nine points because of your offense. Like, that's the little stuff in that first half that it, it should have looked a lot different, but they played poorly. Right. It, I don't it, I don't think it was overlooking anybody. I don't think it was anything other than they didn't execute well, and it burned them in a couple different areas. But they were good enough in two areas, three areas, rebounding, free throws, defense, and that, you know, that that made it so that we didn't all turn the the, the game off at eleven. Right. I I mean it's crazy though. You, you twenty two three point attempts in that first half by by uh, BYU. They they only shot two free throws in that first half. But you know it, it was a Trevin Nelt show as we've mentioned already. Four four made threes. But the the other thing that you see is you know Khalifa as I mentioned had the four four of his six assists in the first half. Then, of course, you also look down the leading scorer, Jackson Robinson, scored all five of his points in the first half in 11 minutes. He knocked down his only three, obviously. And then he got completely shut down in the second half. He, this is a guy that's starting to get 
some buzz for the it, for the NBA draft coming up, some second round buzz. It's a guy that is kind of seen as as more as the only non shooter on the shooter on the team. If that makes sense, could obviously do a lot more than just you know spot up and and, and hit threes. But he he couldn't get anything going in the second half, and that's kind of how a, about a piece. How about our guy Chris Lepore highlighting him and saying this is what they need to take away? And yeah. guess what? It, like it's almost like that guy. Has a pretty keen insight into the uh, the brain of Wes Miller. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Laporte Laporte might know a little bit more than 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 the average fan. I'll tell you that. Yeah. But uh, no, I thought obviously we'll we'll jump right into the second half, Aaron. Unless you got anything on the first half. No, I mean it was Josh Reed was kind of the guy who kept us in the first half, right? Yeah, yeah. I thought he he John uh, John Newman. John, well, John was steady. He's oh, that's who he is, though. He's the quiet, right. steady guy who goes double digits every game. You have no idea how he even got there. But that's the and, quick and, burst and of Vic, like six points here and, and four made, points there. Yeah, Vic, Vic was the leading scorer at six. I mean, when you only score 24, ain't gonna be a lot of points on the board for many guys, but yeah, th- there wasn't a lot good no. to talk about in the first half. Seamus three turnovers, Vic three turnovers, Newman three turnovers, Day Day only two of his seven turnovers in the first half. But uh, wow, well, well, <laughs> come on, <laughs> they won the game. I'm excited. Uh, and then yeah, but Reed came in, knocked down his his only shot attempt in the first half, which was look, Brent, look, 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 look. Wow, again, MVP. Same guy. Donovan Edwards. What a stud. It's not Blake Corum. It's Donovan Edwards, man. Come on. We know this. So, right. yeah, Aaron, I'm like 30 seconds ahead of him, too. You are. Yeah. I got <laughs> another reason. Just, a, just another reason why I don't want to watch it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Guess who's back? Wow, National Monday, Royer. Hey man, it's it's BYU beatdown Monday, baby. I'm here for that. <laughs> Gosh, dude, that's that's the same reason I'm here. Let's go. I gave Sorry, him the I opportunity. I gave I gave him the opportunity to take the night off. He's like, nah, I'm gonna be there. Dog. Oh, gave yeah. the opportunity. You, sh- oh, please. All right, I, we'll uh, we'll call it. Gave you had the problem. same opportunity. I had you both covered. Uh, well, Royer and I will just hold hands as we watch this game. You have it on in the background, <laughs> Royer. I don't. I might throw it on my laptop, though. Okay, okay. Sounds good. Yeah. The hockey boys are watching out in the living room, so I'll know if anything big happens. <laughs> are there, are, what's the feeling in your house, Michigan or Washington? My roommate went to Ohio State, so he wants Michigan to win. Michigan. But, I mean, I mean Washington. But okay. um, then my other, my other roommate doesn't really know shit about college sports, so he <laughs> – would have been like, great if he just stopped there. He just doesn't know yeah. shit about college in general. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't know what it's about. <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk about well. your cousin committing a little bit later, so so be ready oh, about yeah. that. How about that? Afro now? cousin? Hey, now. How yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so second half, obviously, is is the entirely different uh, trail trail in this whole entire game. I, Royer, did you get to watch the whole thing or, or – no, I was not watching. <laughs> I was I was what out with you? some friends Saturday night. <laughs> oh come on, you couldn't you I couldn't with, put it on. 
at the bar? Well, it's it's because I was with my my girlfriend and her and some of her friends, and where we were at, they weren't gonna have basketball on. <laughs> it wasn't my choice. <laughs> Hold on, what's that? Oh. What? <laughs> yeah, you wow. can hear that one pretty far. Yeah. <laughs> I uh I always keep it tabs though on uh ESPN Gamecast on the ESPN app. So you know, last time I did the that score was... bounce back and forth. <laughs> Lance Stevenson's year, they they were playing UAB at UAB is the last time I gamecast an old basketball game. You remember that one, Chad? I do. Robert Baden, I think, was on UAB that year. I think he was, yeah. That was a bad game. They lost. It was ugly. Yucky shooting. Everything yeah. was yucky. Hey, that was well, pretty early after Maui, wasn't it? Like, yeah. they came back from Maui on this high, and then UAB. Was it the game after Maui? It might let be me, the game after Maui. Let me pull it up. Let's take a look. I think I remember us talking about, like, it's difficult to come back from Hawaii and then – jump right back into like non-conference play uh, yeah so they went to maui um they played gonzaga in now, the, in the it was game. yeah now it was it was a few games after that it was it was after okay. the, the double overtime xavier game okay was what was Sunday the first game after maui uh texas southern they won 94 57 okay then Miami sure. ohio 63 59 then that's Stupid team in Norwood. Uh, then UAB, they, they lost 64-47. But uh, that was then. This is now. This is now, man. Um, and, and speaking of the now, and triple made by BYU. And that's when you start to think, okay, here we go. But I think it was so key to have that response by Vic. Then, then the you know attack by day day two free throws at the line, and then you get the the mythical triple, knocked down by one Aziz Bandego. And I tell you what, second half was on a roll after that. I want to <laughs> I want to I want to mention this, real fast. Only three, sorry, two players on BYU scored in double figures in the game on Saturday. In the second half, guess how many Bearcats scored in double figures. Four, three, three or four. Chad got it. Good job. Three. Answers three. 11 points, five rebounds, two assists by Vic. 10 points in that seven minute spurt by Jizzle. 10 points, eight rebounds in the second half for one Aziz Van Dago. Guys, that second half. Dan was, was, Dan was close too, wasn't he? Eight, seven, seven or seven eight points in the yeah, second no. half. Yeah. But guys, that was some of, some of the best basketball you've seen. And, a long, long time, right? Well, Brent, you hit on it. Like you, you missed saying the thing that matters in the first half. The leading scorer had six points. In the right. second half, they had four guys with more than six points. Skilling right. seven, Lock and ten, James ten, Bandago ten. Yep. Crazy. And it wasn't. It wasn't fluky either. Wow. No. They took it right at it and punched him in the mouth in the second half. They didn't hit a bunch of a bunch of threes. They were four for nine in the second half, which you know, or not, uh, yeah, four for nine in the second half, which right. is solid. But 
they took what BYU's defense gave them. They played downhill. They got to the foul line and they hit quality threes uh, when necessary. Yeah, they did. Um, Aaron, you you have always been the the jizzle man down there, Mister Mister Jizzle Jizzle. Uh, I tell you what, ten points, seven minutes, explosion, huge huge minutes out of the freshman. Yeah, you got to find you got to find ways to get him on the floor at this point. Um, I know that there's lots of people who say that he's a defensive liability. Regardless, uh, I think at times this team has struggled to find somebody who is creating a shot and Jizzle James is not afraid to do just that. Uh, there were times in the first half where the offense was not moving around a, a whole lot. And I feel like when Jizzle's on the floor, this offense moves, they, they go. And I, I feel like you have to find places to, whether it comes at day day's expense or whoever's you, you cannot play him only 13 minutes in a game at this point anymore. I will say the 13 minutes were a direct result of they couldn't play him in the first half because he got beat like a drum. I get it. Like, so that's why the minutes, like if you're looking half to half, that's why the minutes were down. In the in the second half, Jizzle played 10 and Day Day only played five. Or no, 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 no. That's not minutes. Day Day played 13, Jizzle played seven. That's, you know. Look, Jizzle might need. In between games, Jizzle might need to be hanging out with Josh Reed and, and John Newman and trying to figure yeah. out how to get that, that jump start on your defense. But I, I don't know that it's only going to go up from here, both offense and defense. He's so. getting better. It's I know it's hard for fans, but allowing a kid to just get better at a, at a reasonable rate so that you don't expose him and play him too many minutes and then he loses his confidence because he's not playing well. Like, if you look back to two games before this, he didn't play well. Now, that now there is something to be said, Aaron. What we are learning from Jizzle is when the bright lights go on, he's ready. Right? Like, in the, in the bigger games, he's been a spark in all of those games. Um He's got to get more consistent. He's got to play better defense. And as that happens, he will play a lot more because I'm I'm ready to say it. I, I'm ready to say he is very realistically the long-term future of this program as like the, the you know, the marquee guy, the guy that's on the, on the posters. Oh, yeah. yeah I, it's not there yeah. yet. But it's coming. You got to you got to feel there were certain stretches in that second half where you were like, okay, just give the ball to Jizzle and let him do something. Yes. And you you think in your and mind, yeah, yeah, he did. But and, and you think in your mind, like, if you just do that, like, have him be the guy. I I mean, yes, I I think his numbers will will probably go up a little bit uh, minute wise, but. He's just showing things like you said. He, he's a gamer. Some some guys are gamers, you know, where where they really show when the bright lights are on, and the bright lights are going to be on for the rest of the regular season, all throughout postseason play. So, I'm sure really Royer can have, tell you this. I like that. What's that? I'm sure Royer can tell you this. He's played with guys that when the stress hits, when game pressure hits, 
most guys, it does not, it does not affect them the way it does the really good ones. The really good ones, when that game pressure hits, they calm down. Like they see things slower. Everybody else is sped up and like caught up in the moment. And those dudes that have it, Ryan, am I wrong? They they their no. their their body temperature <clears throat> works different. Yeah, like Kobe Bryant, Des Ritter, yeah. uh, Ahmad, um, Darian Beavers too. Actually, Darian Beavers was cool, calm, collected all the time. Really surprised. Joel was a little more on the crazy, intense side, as we we could Cook, imagine that. One. Cookie, Cook, yep, Cook, Cook was 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 solid. Derek Forrest, yeah. Um, basically, our whole secondary. <laughs> At all times during the last. That's why they're all years. in the NFL. Every NFL player <laughs> yeah. we had. But Myjay though, Myjay was like a good example of a guy that you you kind of just let get on that edge of of insanity and rage, and it just made him play just that much more aggressive, that much quicker. I think it kind of fit his play style and his role in our defense really well, as like an example of an opposite of what you're get, getting at. Yeah. We won't mention the Memphis game. But uh, yeah, <laughs> the the, yeah. the whole edge of his, I, which Jissel plays with that kind of a. I mean, I, I hate this. Everyone mentions Edwin James, the running back, but Jizzle plays with just that extra, just grit and aggressiveness that you know the first half it wasn't there for for the entire Cincinnati team. They were playing sound defense. They were you know they were being gritty on that side, but offensively. No one was deciding to just take the ball and, and say, okay, no one's stopping me. I'm going to get to the bucket and get a point. And he showed that that was the ability to do that was there. And I think everyone kind of just fed off it after that. And I think we also started to see <laughs> the second half, especially the latter half, Aziz Bandago is is an absolute beast. He is an animal. Um, you might say Victor Lockett had the best game on, on Saturday night. But I think Aziz, man, the the minutes we saw out of him, especially coming off of the injury, it it shows you why he was so coveted out of the portal. It shows you why, you know, West went to bat for him and Jamil all the time. Not only because they're great, you know, guys, they and he wants them on the team and and playing, but they're phenomenal players. And Aziz, some of his plays, he he was dunking everything. He was aggressive. He was he, he's a he's a dog, and it reminded me of of you know you saw James White tweeting, you saw a lot of people tweeting saying like you know defensive intensity and and playing on selfishness and this is Bearcat basketball and Aziz was really showing me something on Saturday night. He looked comfortable, right? Like it, we haven't seen that really since his first game, where he just looked comfortable. Um, that that goes a long way. Mm-hmm. I mean that that one where he dunked it and then he like kicked it and then he yeah. like did a pull up on the rim. I mean, remember that one time it? that he's dunked it and then he kicked it and then he well, did a pull up on the rim. We we didn't talk. We, we didn't talk about. Play. We didn't even talk about this the other night, Chad. But the the delay of game call and all of the time that it took to actually make that call and all that took longer than the actual delay of game. Yeah, uh, but you're not allowed to just – they were trying to throw the ball to the inbounder, and he raised his arm up and smacked it away. Like, you're not allowed to do that, unfortunately. He caught it, and he threw it to the official. 
no, there was a hand in there that knocked it away at some point. His hand uh, knocked it away. When you watch yeah. the replay, it didn't, I, Aaron, it didn't look like a, like a delay game on live. I thought it was the it hanging makes, on the rim that they called it. No, like that's the ball, like he smacked it. I think he was like being trying ex- to, like going yeah. to be excited and the ball, he hit the ball and it smacked it away. So it was a delay of game. It was, I hate that call. I think it's stupid, but I get it. I was, it's I an just, actual. I guess that's why I was surprised he didn't get called a delay of game when he hung on the rim later in the game where that Brent's talking about where he did kick it. And yeah. Oh, well. Well. But yeah, I, I mean, phenomenal game. I, it was a win. Obviously, we could continue to beat on the drum that you guys have already beat on for now. Let's keep going on, <laughs> on, on Saturday night, you know. Um, Let's keep I mean, going. it was, of course, the day day. Talk about, yeah, of, of course, the day day uh, turnover thing down the stretch, and you know, Wes Wes saying, you know, he was out there for his defense and his uh, and his you know ability to break the press and, and knock down free throws. So that that stuff makes sense. But in the same at the same time, he had four turnovers in the last uh, six minutes of gameplay. He also, in the final four minutes, orchestrated three easy fast break dunks and right. made four free throws. Yeah, I I get what you're saying. So yeah, it, it was like an even out thing, I guess. Now here's the thing: I think that if they would have gotten it, and I think this is what was Wes was talking about, like they were up. If it gets gets down to five or four. Yeah, Jizzle's in the game, right? Yeah. Like you have to have the offense, yeah. so you put Jizzle in the game. But that thing hung between seven and twelve, and you were never within two scores. Like you were never within like a real danger zone where you had to get the guy that was getting you buckets on the floor. And more than anything, I know this from the preseason: they love Day Day as a one man press break. Yeah, they will take a mistake or two with it because they know nobody can stay. He just is able to get down the floor, head up. And you saw with the, the three dunks, like that was a direct result of the defense adjusting to day day as a one man doesn't need to like pass and get it back. And then mm-hmm. Like just zoop. All right. Now your defense is on its heels and we can, we can punish you. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, obviously that's going to be a, a talk that that has been you know brought up, but yeah, yeah, it, it's it's good to st- have that healthy conversation when you're still talking about a double digit win on the road against sure a top twenty five team and, and and media metric darling, the BYU. Here's the thing. Is- I don't mind <clears throat> the conversation that Jizzle needs to get some more minutes. Yeah, I agree with that, but this entire narrative that like. It has to be one or the other, like off with Day Day's head because Jizzle needs more minutes. Right. It's lazy. It's dumb and it's lazy. Yeah. They have needed both to get yeah. to where they're at at this point. Right. And, and, and they're going to continue to need both the rest of the way. So this like this this necessity that some people feel to the only way to bring one up is to tear the other down. Get yeah. a grip, man. Get a grip. Like, if you really want to go back and break down, if, if you really want to make it an argument, 
which is dumb, then yeah. the other side has to go back and say, okay, well, in the last three games before this, Jizzle was two for 12 from the floor and scored six points combined. Right. I'm making, I'm, I'm, but the numbers are, he had a bad couple games before this. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't force the other side to tear down Jizzle. Right. Because it, it, it just, it's okay to be like, look, Jizzle is playing well enough, I think, to start seeing more minutes. Yeah. And I think everybody would agree with that. It doesn't have to be get Day-Day off the floor. Like, he has been really good through 14 games. Yeah. So, it that part of it is what drives me nuts. That it doesn't necessarily have to be this guy sucks because I, I think my guy should be playing more. Hmm. It's it's one of the dumb things that that we get sucked into the you know social media feeding frenzy. Everybody's got to have a hot take type. Yeah. That's like all the people who wanted to fire Wes before after, like right in the first at any point during the first half to the end of halftime. Well, right. I mean that first half though it 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 had a lot of people in their fields. Um, sure, they played like crap. I'm really good at like, like I I just go to a shell. You know what I mean. When when, when <laughs> things are going bad, I just phone is down, computer is away, and I just I'm wa- I'm just watching and I'm in my fields. But some people they cannot do that. <laughs> they gambling, have to like gambling. They have will do to that throw too, right? shit at the wall and just see see what everyone thinks about it. But suppose that Aaron. I said gambling will do that to you, Brent. Uh, you know what it will, man. But. That's what that's what live bets are for, and and you know what, you might hit a live bet once every ten times, but when you do, and it's your favorite team too, you're like, oh wow, I'm gonna do this more and more. But uh, that's that. Um, but but like you I said, you are yeah, their it, target audience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what you you are exact? You are what every book wanted to find. Oh, oh <laughs> they need no, they need a thousand of you. Yeah, oh, my bookie loves me. There's, there's no um, but yeah, it's it's just one of those situations where through through a win, you even got to find something to kind of talk about, which is which which is fine. Um, you know, and and one thing you saw with the CJ injury is the fact that you're going to probably have to see some more lineups with both of them out there, and yep. that means one of them is going to have to start to consistently knock down an open three pointer, which which has been tough for both of them during certain stretches. I I mean, they can knock down the occasional one, but if you can consistently knock down, because some of day days are wide open. Jizzle kind of has that little line drive that's really good inside of the of the perimeter, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see what can happen there. But uh, in a game where you might see actually quite a lot of both of them out there at the same time, might be tomorrow night. Um, Texas. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, Texas features two. Uh, it, Anything more on BYU before we move on? No, I think we're we're good. Uh, yeah, I wanted to talk about that. <laughs> well, I one last thing also. So, so they brought back that Treyor guy, you know that uh, Fusini yeah, guy, Johan Fusini yeah. Treyor guy, and completely took him like he had no effect in that game. Sure, it's his first game back after injury. But he was a key, key piece of their team last year. And well, that's what I yeah. talked about. Like, if you're inserting him back in because he hasn't really done much this year, 
are you taking a chance at messing up the right. flow? Yeah. And I yeah. think it did. It did. I think I, it did. Him and that other backup, like like the one with the kind of crazy name, like Ali did Ali did Tiki something. Ali Atiki, yeah. Yeah. Ali Ali Atiki or whatever. Whenever those guys were out there, I, it, you just saw how good our ooh ooh could have been a walking touchdown for the Hotskies, but uh, drop pass. Uh, maybe a little overthrown. Royer, I'm ex- I, I want a full Michael Panic's game breakdown before uh, we move on much further. But uh, yeah, I, if you have the depth and the ability in the front court to completely take out certain players and, and just be dominant, which is what this Bearcat team has, uh, it's it's exciting to see. Um, but Texas is next tomorrow night. Back to back. It's a good matchup. I love it. And I love now, that they're ranked. I love that they're ranked. Love it. I don't I don't like getting home at 6 a.m. Sunday morning and you're back Tuesday night on the floor. I don't love it. True. Yeah. I think it, yeah. it messes up your clock. Like I, I just I, I don't love that side of it. Am I wrong, Royer? No. I, mean, those, I know you guys don't play too what, many, yeah. but just the travel alone, it beats you up. I mean, it took yeah. us like we wouldn't get our legs under us <clears throat> until like Thursday. After like when we went out to the Rose Bowl uh, and played UCLA, that's that's probably the furthest west I went. Yeah, and it was it was brutal. So I I feel I'm feeling for the guys there for sure, especially on a a Tuesday. <laughs> what is it a two day uh, turnaround? But you know this is this is part of the game, man. It's part of the part of the gig. You got to show up. Part of the Big Twelve. Talk. Yeah. Hard. Texas is traveling never, in. So you ever been to Lubbock? Nine o'clock on a Wednesday. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. This is what Bob was talking about. We'll see how smart Bob is tomorrow night. Hey, well, well placed. Chad, but no, well placed. But if Dan Horde can do it, get in at 5 a.m. and then go and broadcast a Bengals game, man. I'll tell you what. Dan doesn't use his legs to, to broadcast games. So you never got high knees going up in the booth, Chad. Come on now. It's the best way to keep it rolling. No, I've never once gotten. I usually just sit in my seat uh, yeah. and call the game. I, you know, the funniest part is, is back when I, when I would call games and, and then I would see like my color commentator stand up and I'd be like sitting down. So I'd be like, are we really going to stand up during this whole game? And then I'd be like, all right, whatever. Here we go. And stand up for the whole broadcast. It's just, ah. No, you're the play-by-play guy. You look at him and you go, sit down. Yeah, well, when he's a former Mr. Basketball and I just let him do what he wants and I just roll with it. But anyway, uh, outside of that, yeah. Sit down. Um, But this game against Texas, you know, I'm interested to hear you guys' thoughts on this. So, obviously, the Bearcats didn't fare too well in the two games against teams that are – similar to the Big 12, you know, Xavier and, and Dayton in the non-conference. They did do well against Georgia Tech, but how good is Georgia Tech? I don't know. Well, they uh, got beat at home by Boston College over the weekend. But when when it comes to, like, teams with true roster makeup, you know, true bigs, true wings, you know, true you know guards, if you will, not kind of these funky lineups and, uh, you know, you've got a – Six eight big man and a you know six foot three four like with these true roster makeups. Do you think that this depth in the front court 
and, and the roster makeup of the multiple bigs really starts to shine and has the chance to really compete at a high level against these Big 12 teams. Because I think that you started to see that a little bit in the game against BYU, where, you know, it, it, it's not as it was widespread against them, but still, you were able to play bigs, multiple bigs at one time. Texas is going to have a bunch of bigs to throw out on uh, t- on Tuesday night. I just feel like when you start to play teams with true roster build, you're going to see what this team looks like going up against it. And I think it's I hope they be shown. I hope I don't know. I hope West continues to play hot hands and not fall in love with rotations, but rather, you know, play who's playing well. Uh, you know, Odie came in for a couple minutes and did not look like he belonged at least against BYU, and he got pulled real quick, and we didn't see Odie again. Uh, Josh Reed played good minutes. We saw – I mean, the only gripe we've already discussed is is the the Jizzleman, especially later in the in the second half. But outside of that, I, I think he played the hot hand pretty much all night, and I think that you're going to have to continue to make those type of gut decisions and, and hope that they play right. There's going to be a lot of mixing and matching. Like, you're going to have to, you know, there's going to be nights that Jamil is going to be a better option than than Aziz. Or or playing Vic and Jamil together works better than playing Aziz and together or whatever. Like, But it's going to be on the staff to identify it and say, okay, we think tonight this is the piece to play. Um, And then you focus on it and you hope it goes right and, and the good news is if it doesn't go right, you've got a second option on the bench that you can change course and, and go the other way. So um there, you know, that this is this is the hardest part about having 10 guys, 11, you know, 10, 11 guys you feel like can play. Um you gotta manage it. You gotta get it right every mm-hmm. night. Do, do you get what I'm saying at all the chat where it's kind of like, I don't know. I feel like with, with the multitude of bigs and the, the potential for, for big lineups, when you play teams that have a more traditional roster, you, you're able to kind of have that out there and use it as a strength instead of trying to figure out, Oh, Oh shoot. We've got whoever's playing the four as a big man. He's got to figure out as, how to guard. Well, him. I mean, it's it's as long as they don't, as long as the opponent doesn't maximize their advantage better than you do, right? You know, there there are if you play two bigs against a what's it what's now a traditional looking roster, that four guy can go around you, or you know you're you're playing bigger wings on guards because some teams are going to play three guards, and now you've got you know a six five and a six six guy on them, if they can get past those guys and and beat you off the bounce all of a sudden your advantage doesn't mean a whole lot like i know a lot of opponents have been posting up the guards from texas yeah so you know maybe that's something you can do with john maybe that's something you can do with dan but if they're just trying if max is it asmus a b m a s so a and somebody puts somebody put on the board that it's german and it's pronounced like a double c I'm pretty so sure like, he is German. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like Asmus. Um, yeah. um, if you if he if he you put a wing on him and he just kills them off the dribble all night, you didn't win your advantage. Like they right. they won. You know, 
That's the thing about when you go, okay, we're gonna we're gonna force you to do this. The end result is we're gonna force you to, to play into your weakness now. So right. who does it better? Yeah, you know, I I love listening to opposing teams' coaches after they lose to Cincinnati in the press conference. Uh, you know, I I mean, well, luckily we don't play on the West Coast because we might not get the head coach's point of view. But um, the uh, the thing that I saw was, was 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 the was Mark Pope mentioned how he hasn't seen a team as big and as long as Cincinnati and as physical as Cincinnati played. Yeah. BYU is going to be – they're probably the number one team outside of maybe Baylor that is going to space you out and try and use use backdoor cuts, which they completed some, and use their offensive movement and, and ability to pass the ball and knock down outside shots, which would negate the bigs and negate the right. physicality. But Cincinnati was able to find a way to use the physicality and, and the length to their advantage. So that kind of just drew my eye a little bit, and I saw, okay, well – Maybe that's going to be the case the rest of the Big 12 because they're kind of matching up a little bit more with what a normal team with a normal roster make a pass. So it'll be it'll be exciting to see how how tomorrow night goes. Um, Chad, I knew you'd like that. I don't think Royer and and Aaron got my got my jab there, but either way. Uh, so yeah, Texas Max Max Avemus Acemus. We'll we'll go with Tyrese Hunter, obviously. Uh, Dylan Mitchell. He's he's a, a freaky athlete, kind of you know just a de facto four man, but can't can't shoot a lick outside of the uh, paint. Yeah, Caden Shedrick is a name obviously the Bearcat fans might kind of remember from the portal this past off season from Virginia. He's a guy that was a little banged up in that Texas Tech game. Uh, Horton transferred from UCF. I'm sure Bearcat fans remember him. Brock Cunningham's been in the been playing college basketball longer than Perry Ellis did at Kansas. I, you know, I, <laughs> Dylan Disu is, is another guy who's coming back from, he had a foot injury, only played five games this year. He was actually at fifth third early in his career, if you knew that. Yeah, I do. At, at, at Vandy, he didn't play because he was hurt in that game, but uh, he, he was here back in 2021. He was good. Um, he... Yeah. <sighs> what are you going to say? I'm trying to think. He played on that AAU team with like Darius Garland, I think. And um, was it was Neesmith on that team or was that different? I think that was different. I'm trying to remember who all was on this team. It was one of the guys that was supposed to be like the next big thing and it never really materialized. Yeah, forget it. But yeah, I I mean he's he's coming back from he's played five games like we mentioned, but he's kind of not really he hasn't started any of the games yet. He's kind of slowly getting back into the flow. Um, to be honest with you, Tyrese Hunter has been the one that's kind of exploded a little bit the last few games. Had twenty three against UNC Greensboro. Had twenty against Texas Tech. It kind of seems like if you stabilize the two guards. That they have Hunter and and as and Max Avis, you you can handle Texas. Um, but obviously, there's there's some factors. You know, you don't want to get too overconfident after the big win against BYU. You don't want to feel a certain way about yourself. But Marvin Bagley, Marvin Bagley, yeah, it was his AAU team. I think that man, was, was he's still he's still. 
bopping around in the NBA. I, I think he might be on the Pistons. That team with a thousand old. How's that going? Yeah. Number one overall. <laughs> yeah, him, James Wiseman, just Jalen Duran. But uh, your your thoughts tomorrow, Chad, Aaron? You guys obviously did the recap with uh, after the Tech game on a Sunday Can night. Can confirm is a Piston. What are you guys um, wanting to see tomorrow? Which, first off, it's going to be an electric atmosphere. Uh, black, red, stripes. Make sure you check your emails. Check whatever section you're sitting in. Make sure you wear the right color. Stripe. Are we going to finally place, see? Maybe. Are we going to finally see the red jerseys make an appearance? Ooh, hadn't really thought of that. Maybe they have not yet. Can they stripe the? They're not allowed to stripe reviewed. the team, Aaron. I get that, but I mean, thought maybe. So yeah, it's going to be black or red. Like you know, it might be a red game. Nostra Aaron must. I like it. There's going to be there's going to be like some black game. and red on the uniforms tomorrow. I would imagine. Um, but uh, anyway, tomorrow Texas thoughts, feelings, what you want to see out there on the court at Fifth Third Arena. I think it's a game One. they as. As long as they're on, like, like good to go, I think it's a game they can very, very confidently say that that they've got a chance to win against what is right now at least a ranked team on their home floor. The thing I the thing I don't know about Texas, and they've had a couple chances to show this this year. Do they have any dog in them? The three good teams they've played, they've lost by double digits. Happy you brought that up, Chad. So do they have that? Like, because let's make no mistake. They didn't have a great out of conference. Right. They lost to open the league at home against Texas Tech. Yep. In theory, in theory, this should be a Texas back against the wall game. Yeah. Yeah. Do they have the fight? If they do. I'm worried about tomorrow night because, like I said, I worry about the travel, having their legs back under them. It's a it's a big time win, an emotional game, and then you have to turn around against oh. a team that's desperately trying not to start zero and two in the league. You're worried about a team about these guys having their legs back under them. Well, you only played Dizzle 13 minutes, so he should be ready for a 20 minute game, <laughs> and. Uh, Jamil Reynolds and Jamil only played five minutes, so he should be ready for a thirty-minute game. Start Jamil and Odie, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I wouldn't go that. <laughs> but as Ryan said, a lot of it is not the wear and tear on your body; it's the trap. Like, right. it it takes a while in those situations yeah. to get your it legs just back. Takes a lot out of you. De- dehydrates you. Um. It's it's definitely like you you're just thinking oh you're just sitting on a plane for two hours but you just like or five hours and you get off and you're just like damn dude I feel like I just played two games one on the field and one just sitting in the damn plane but you know basketball basketball is a little different than football but you know the, the travel time still the same but yeah I there's think, not I think, there's not seventy five car wrecks every basketball game <laughs> yeah yeah. But I think uh, I'm really looking forward to the atmosphere carrying the guys. I think Fifth Third is going to be rocking. Um, everyone's back on campus now. I think the student section is going to be going nuts. 
Um, I'm hoping the the lower bowl seats, they might get out of their butts a little bit and cheer really loud for the Bearcats. They're going to need some extra motivation. <laughs> I know that's a good little uh, Twitter tease everyone likes to get into, but <laughs> I think that'll really help carry the guys because, you know, they'll be tired, that's for sure. But I think it's a really good test. Coming off a huge win, short travel, um, you need your your leaders, your veterans to step up. And that's what I'm uh, expecting them to do. Look, we talked about how hard these first six games are. You start 2-0, and and you still got two more home games coming. Got a shot. You know? Three and three. Got to win, gotta win at home. Three and three. Get to three and three somehow through this six. Yeah. I, I mean, Texas – Took down the fighting Kenny Paynes by one on a neutral court, 81-80. Lost by yeah, 10. I think, I think the B, the BCJ staff could give Louisville a decent game. Hey, I mean, man. I'd probably take Louisville plus what? Plus four and a half? We need Royer to be letting it rain, man. Let it rain. Uh, but, yeah, UConn, I 10 got, point. I got the lost. strap on me a little bit. Okay. Bring it, bring it that game. We need you. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron, what's what's the thing that they say? Chill or chill? Who? Or like who's, hold, who's hold. that? What they say? Hold, hold. Right. What are you referencing? Ooh. You said you have the strap on on you, like the strap. Oh, on. like pause. Yeah. You say like pause. Pause. <laughs> Is that a pause? <laughs> I don't think that's a pause. Slow it down. Pause. Uh, I got the strap on on me like that. I do two. No, no. All right, we're moving on. We're moving on. I don't know. Um, I was confused when the BYU kids kept doing this. I didn't know what this meant every time that the camera panned on them. Oh gosh, what does it mean? I I remember this: the Carmelo Anthony celebration. I I used to rip that shit in Little League whenever I made a three. I thought I was so cool. There you go. Three baby. And then yes, and then sir. this back when you know Darius Miles and Quentin Richardson, Corey McGetty wearing the headband. But anyway, uh 10 point loss to UConn as well. Uh 21 point loss at Marquette. And uh that was their only true road game throughout the entire season. Was a road game at Marquette. And they lost that one. Uh, their their best win is a neutral court win against LSU. So, Rodney Terry and the Texas Longhorns. That, you know they're it's a good team. Um, and they were they're picked third in the preseason Big Twelve. Uh, they've got good pieces, but it it just seems like it's a game where at this point you can kind of pick and choose your way and 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 maybe maybe pull one out, especially at home. First ever Big Twelve game at the Third Arena. It's going to be loud. It's going to be rowdy. It's going to be exciting. Uh, so get there. Make sure you see what what you need to wear in your sections, what, whether it's red or black. Stripe outfit, third arena. It's going to be exciting. Um, Aaron, anything more? Royer, anything more? Moving on. Did we lose Chad? No, he dropped out when it got weird with your oh strap geez. talk. Are we Are we done yet? Are we there yet? <laughs> Quick that paper is supply. the timestamp brought to you by Quick Paper Supply. 
They're your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. They service over 150 restaurants with weekly low-minimum next-day deliveries, providing a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom-printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick, 513-470-2029, and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. Boom, baby. There we go, Chad. Um, so I'm going to take I'm gonna take you guys back. Do you remember, I, I believe it was, which, which day was that, Chad? The day of the Fish concert in Indianapolis. You were here. Commits uh, with flying was- galore. It was during the like the end of May, right? No, June official visits. Yeah, yeah. They were on a fit, like they had like 13, 14 guys like on official visits. And I think eight of them committed uh, within like a very, very middle window. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have deja vu of that? This, uh, well, uh, technically, no, because I just made Keegan do it all. <laughs> right. Well, the Bearcat oh. football team, man, I, I tell you what, <laughs> the transfer portal is alive and well in the 5-1-3. Seven commits in the past two days, started with Darian Varner, defensive lineman, D-end, uh, from Wisconsin, started at Temple, Walt Stewart connection, Logan Wilson, defensive back, Kansas State, Louisiana Monroe, North Texas for the Mean Green, his, his last year there. Chance Williams, running back, Grambling State. Jared Bartlett, probably the dog position here, uh, coming from West Virginia, big-time player. Uh, Kai Miller, safety, New Mexico State, started at Miami of Ohio. Derek Canteen, really excited about this cornerback uh, from Virginia Tech started at Georgia Southern. And then uh, Ryan Royer's cousin, Joe Royer, tight end, Ohio State, played at Elder during his high school days with Luke Kandra. Man, quite the haul the last couple of days. Chad, was this was this something you saw coming? Obviously, what, the, the second round of official yeah, visits signed so- up? and. And it's been it's been interesting for me, like learning the new windows. Like you know, for for the longest time, we knew exactly what the calendar looked like. So now you're learning the the way that the new cycle works. The way that the new cycle works is the portal opens. It's a feeding frenzy. Everybody gets what they can get, and then you have like. 10 days to kind of reset and say, okay, here's what we got. Here's what we didn't get. Here's what we still need. And then you can kind of more like direct focus in that second window. Like we got to get this many defensive backs. So we better bring this many on campus. Like we better be involved with this. You know, it's a lot more, it, it feels like, it's a lot more specific in this second short window than that first like two, three week window when everybody is just trying to grab whatever they can out of the pool. It's, it's interesting. It's, it's, 
it's that part of this all always fascinates me, like how they adapt and adjust and like what the strategy becomes as the new things, the new rules are implemented. That's how it feels like this second window went this year. Yeah. And and the commits rolling in really, really intensified that. Uh, Aaron or, or, or Ryan, did, did any of the names really pop out to you or kind of, kind of excited to see what, uh, what they can bring? Obviously, the Joe Royer name from Ohio State, Elder Connect. Uh, Ryan, I think you, you know a little bit about him. That some really, really big time names coming out of the portal. Yeah, I I mean the I think the Evan Pryor kid and Joe Royer both from Ohio State. I think they have really big upside. Um, but in terms of it's kind of hard for me to judge a lot of these guys because we're not gonna know jack shit until spring ball starts. Say, so, all right, how do these guys line up against each other? Right. And then we're not gonna really know jack shit about that until camp starts. And then really none of it even fucking matters until we start playing games. Cause just like this year, we, we had a bunch of names, we had a bunch of pieces we thought fit really well. And then there's guys you, you see come out of nowhere. And there's you guys, you see, you thought we're going to have some shit that you saw and can't kind of fizzle out throughout the year. And I think that's the recipe throughout all of college football. It's hard. It's like, it's like a hectic free agency, just trying to find guys that we think that we think is going to work on our team and our, in our culture. But at the end of the day, you're just bringing in a lot of guys that either haven't played a lot of snaps or they played a lot of snaps at a different level of football. So I, I really won't be able to get anything um, in, in true excitement. Cause I don't really know that much about these guys and like what they've done and how, and what they'll be able to do at Cincinnati. But I think spring ball will be a good first taste of that. Knowing, you know that, what, you know, knowing that Dante and, you know, some of the other leaders on this team, Kiner, um, Mace, Fletcher, uh, that they were involved in the, uh, not recruitment, but the, the, I guess, recruitment of, of these guys when they were here in their visits. Um, what does That's that tell you, though? That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but, but what does that tell you, knowing those guys personally, that they – okayed all of these guys to like that was one of the things that at least the coaching staff told us was that all of these leaders were going to have to okay them being on the team uh what does that tell you yeah uh it's good to know that they have their stamp uh i'm you know i'm i haven't talked to them about it but the way my first guess would be is like they're like we like these guys like unless you guys absolutely despise them being part of the team like we won't take them, but I don't know how much of the process they actually have in choosing, you know. I'm told in the, the first the- window, Ryan, I'm told there were a couple thumbs down. Like oh, really? the, the leadership council okay. says no, and and they backed off of the kid. Yeah. So they I, at least – I respect that. I haven't heard anything about the second window, but I did hear in that first window right around the, the beginning of December – that, that there were a couple visits that they didn't they didn't get the vibe with the kid they gave the thumbs down and you see moved on so I, I like that because I mean nowadays with the chaos that ensues it's college football it's kind of hard to to stay true to your word just to begin with and then you throw like this chaotic scenario of the portal and yeah, the timing speed dating and all that. <laughs> yeah it's hard it's hard to like have you know coaches kind of tend to freak out because they they got to win games and they might just go grab anything they can and kind of say, well, we said we'd 
um, uh, right. pull these guys through you guys. So I, I, I'm proud of that. That makes me happy to know that the team has um, say in it because at the end of the day, it's about how the team meshes together. And we talked about it all last year with, you know, you just take a bunch of random guys and you try to just throw a ragtag team together, but like free agency style, you're not going to have the same meshing of a team, the same culture, the the bond that really is what took, you know, when we had all our success um, my last couple of years, it was all about the relationships, all about like what we were able to form together as a team. And that was through five years of, you know, Every, there wasn't the transfer portal. There wasn't right. NIL. There wasn't all that shit. Um, doesn't mean it's impossible now. It just shows that it's it's a whole different dynamic. And I think, you know, um, Satterfield kind of sticking to his word with letting the leadership council have a good say. Well, I think that's huge. That's the most important thing, right? It's one thing to say it, and then yeah. you give them the chance, and then you have then you show them whether you put that faith in them or not because. If they gave a thumbs down and a month later that guy shows up for weights, well, wait a second here. Like you said we we had some say in this process, and I don't think we do. And especially especially if that guy's showing up for weights and kind of just lackadaisically going through the motions, and that's what you were pissed off about to begin with. That's that's all bad. Well, yeah, it starts from the day they show up, and then what happens from there can make it worse, of course. But if if they're unequivocally like, the you know, that leadership group that you have in place says, look, we hung out with this guy. We don't think, you know, we don't think he's what we are. And then next thing you know, that guy's there. That trust is burned immediately, right? Immediately. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I really like I really like it. I think it's good. I mean, it doesn't guarantee you anything, obviously. No, it doesn't. It, ultimately, yeah, it, it doesn't mean shit other than it, you're earning the trust of your players. Yeah, and that's what you got to do. One, new staff. Two, bad year. I mean, it would be a very bad idea to kind of say F, F our word to you guys going into the offseason after such a rocky year. So I think that's a step in the right direction for sure. And it's, I mean, I like the, uh, I like the eat. It kind of just reminded me. Just kind of, we're talking about culture that the the brand that they're going with this offseason effort, attitude, toughness. They've been kind of plastering that all over the place. So I like that. Those are three good words. They make better me than happy. team. <laughs> I always thought team was so corny, dude. It was like <laughs> I, I told you guys that. I feel like I like would see that at like summer camp or something, like up on the with like the camp counselors. And it was it always surprised me because Fickle's like such a hard ass. I was like, this is kind of corny coming from. Was was Mr. he the Tensei. only one that would say it though, or did he like make you all say it? Uh, no, like, it would be like like Brady would say it sometimes. Like they wouldn't like be like like super like weird about it. They just be like, right. just remember guys, like team together, everyone cheese more. Like they just throw it in there subtly sometimes. It wasn't like a huge like every day. Like we come in T together E everyone A. Stupid shit like that. Royer, be the T. Go be the T, Royer. <laughs> yeah, we're all we're dancing it out like cheerleaders. <laughs> Maje, I told you to be the A. I'm, I'm just disappointed we didn't get a I Brady don't impression. Be the fucking a. I don't want to be the A. I don't want to be the fucking A. Fuck all that. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Um, as far oh, as uh, particular players go, though, uh, Chad, Aaron, you guys 
gloss over a couple. Any any that really pique your interest? Obviously, they they pull some holes. Uh, the, the defensive backfield, um, tight end needed to add a add another name. Uh, running back room seems to be pretty much set at this point. Um, and anyone really really jump off the page or or you know from what you've heard or anything along those lines. Any anything that's secondary? Yeah, have you elaborated or... on your. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Aaron. You're good. I, I was just gonna say anything that's secondary or uh, or tight end at this point, as those were, I, I think, going especially when Shaman bounced. I think those were high areas of need, and uh, I'm I'm excited about anybody that we've added there. I'm gonna certainly be keeping an eye on those battles. Yeah, I and mean, Joe Rohr got a couple snaps at Ohio State. You know, he was behind a, you know one of their biggest leaders in that Stover big farm fucker. But, um, <laughs> Chad, I, uh, I was wondering if you had any info on the, <laughs> that little nugget you threw out about Mr. Lincoln Riley trying to steal our boy. Yeah. Have you elaborated I mean, they, on that? They, so they, USC was, was heavy on, uh, Will Howard from Kansas state that went to Ohio state. And then, it was right in that window that Will Howard committed to Ohio State. So USC is is having to try to figure out, okay, what's next? Uh, I'm told Lincoln Riley called Brendan Sorsby, tried to get him uh, on campus for an official visit uh, over these past couple days. Uh, Sorsby was already here at Cincinnati uh, waiting for classes to start today. And said, I appreciate the call, but uh, I'm a Bearcat. So that's what went down. He's over at Langsome studying for his classes. You know, the guy's serious. He's about, he's, he stands on his business. Let's go, I respect man. that. You hey, look, man. The, what? Keegan, Keegan even told me, like, look, man, somebody like you, somebody at the level of USC comes calling, I'm probably going to leave. That's what he, you know. <laughs> I'm like, Dude, all right. Thanks for letting me know where you stand. Freaking traitor. But yeah, no, it, it was after he started following, like, like what people were, were reading tea leaves on good old social so I think media. the connection was the wide receiver coach or something. Followed the quarterback coach, followed the wide receiver coach, followed. Yeah. God, yeah. how do, how do dudes have, like, how do they find that shit? Like I, I never. Who's got time for? There's got to be a, like an a AI that does that for you at this point. Yeah. No, there's a handful of people that literally I think dedicate a lot of their time to that. Which, hey, it's useful. It's useful. You know, you Look, said... there are there at one point like when Kaz was here, Kaz made a lot of changes to the roster like over time. So there were people that that habitually like once every two or three days. They had the roster memorized. And if like a walk-on came off the roster, they would post on the board like, hey, I saw number 15, uh, Billy Joe Hansen from uh, from uh, Old Paul Tuckett High. Yeah, Old Paul Tuckett High in, uh, you know, Northwest Ohio isn't on the roster anymore. I'm like, Wyatt I didn't know it. I didn't know he was on the way. Hey, you don't you there? This is a Wyatt Fisher appreciation <laughs> podcast. I'm, I'm just hey man, we talked about Fisher. I thought of number 14 because you said a 15, and then I just thought of Western Brown because you were playing. Bowl Wyatt Fisher, Royer. Come on now, baby. Wyatt's my boy, man. I love Wyatt, Wyatt Fisher. How about I the uh, Wyatt? 
I have slowed down some like highlight videos of basketball to be like, is that who I think it is in the background of like practice or something? And uh, it looks like he's dressed. You might not be hurt. We all we've all done it. We've all done it. But uh, some of you people are inaccurate. Inaccurate. Yeah, I don't. It's my living and I don't do that. Derek Canteen is a name that has uh, drawn my eye a little bit. Uh, yeah. Started Georgia Southern. How about this, Royer? At Georgia Southern, his freshman year, he was named to both the Football Writers Association of America and the Athletics freshman All-American team. Had six interceptions and a 22-yard fumble recovery for a touchdown. And then he transferred to Virginia Tech. And yes. he is, he's, he comes up. He, he hits. Lays the wood at the line of line of scrimmage, awesome. tackle, cornerback, and and if you look at his commitment picture, it the, it looks like he's got some long arms. He looks looks like he's got some good length out there. Um, awesome. You know, obviously it says five eleven for the height, but it looks like he's got got some length to that five uh, eleven frame as well. So he's one that definitely caught my eye. I was having this debate uh, with the Rocket Truth guys. We were just talking about how a lot True. of the rock of truth, the old, <laughs> you know, your boys. <laughs> and, um, sounds familiar. Some, some like Mr. <laughs> Mr. MetLife is like, Oh, we're getting all these small school guys. Like, here we go again. And then we were kind of like, no, like it, we want guys that can like make plays that have shown they can make plays. They got snaps under their belt because they can adjust to stuff in the big right. 12 a lot quicker than guys that aren't even playing. And don't have a lot of tape, so you know that's kind of kind of the way you need a mix. It it's yeah. like everything. Like they've got some guys coming from Ohio State and from West Virginia and some Power Five programs, and they've got guys that are stepping up a level. Yeah, like you have yeah. to find Brian that right Cook. mix of both. Every time Barry you think Beavers. about, so, yeah, yeah, just think about. Barry Brian Beavers Cook. played for an independent D three school before he got here. Darian Beavers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, UConn. Oh my God. Yeah. I, just, <laughs> I was like, did he go somewhere before UConn? And I got it. You're <laughs> no, UConn. Dude, that yeah. picture of Beavers in high school still blows my mind. Oh, yeah. Look, it's crazy. Dartanian Tensley was at Kentucky Christian. And What's he's he tracking there, like towards 200 or something. Be, yeah. He's tracking towards being an all conference level guard. Go find the right guys. Watch the tape. Go find the right guys. Tell Joe Matt to go watch the interview we did with, with Zach Green. And then get back to me on the process. Not a man <laughs> in the country that's watched more tape than uh tell Matt, tell Matt Zach Life Green. to shove it. <laughs> there you go, Brent. I finally found him. Tell him to, wor tell him to worry about the Lady Eagles, and then he can worry about the Bearcats. His, his, long uh, his basketball there, team. Their canteen. Uh, you know, and, and of course, as you mentioned, Chad, it's going to mix of both. You look at a player like Joe Royer, who only has, what what is it, four or five catches in his career at Ohio State. Yeah. But he was, I think, higher rated than Josh Wiley coming out of high school. Uh, was a, you know, obviously played with, with Luke Kandra at, uh, at Elder. He's he's a guy who's, who's shown flashes and a guy who, Tennessee wanted pretty pretty doggone bad if it if you know, I'm reading the 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 tea leaves and the uh, article that Keegan put up but it when you have another high level power five team SEC team 
uh, wanting Joe Royer, you think, okay, well, this this guy probably still has some left in the tank. Especially, I like, also was told. I also was told there's uh, an ACC team or an AAC team that might be an ACC team in the near future that was offering a pretty significant NIL package in the Joe Royer sweepstakes. Wow. Wow. See? Pony up. They were ponying up. They were ponying up a lot of dollars. Safe to say Uh, he he didn't ride the expressway down there, huh? No. No, he's a Bearcat. He's a Bearcat. Um, Of course, it, it looks like the running back room is probably pretty set for now. Uh, five deep in that room for uh, at this point. Um, what what do you think in spring is, is going to be the the main focus as far as portal additions would go? I mean, probably a wide receiver. I know there's a um, there's a Juco kid uh, that that they really want and would like to have up uh, right before that second signing day in February, Leland Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they're very high on him. Um, so we'll see if they can get him up here to visit before that second signing day. And then still probably another wide receiver. Uh, I mean, I'm not completely closing the door on wide receiver in this window, but I think it's unlikely. Like it would be a surprise if there was another wide receiver added, yeah. but not like a shock, shock, shock. You know, there, there's a couple of names still in play that I think are probably going elsewhere, but Cincinnati has been in and around those recruitments. Okay. But I would guess they'll 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 do their best to get Leland Smith, and then uh, and then see what uh, see what wide receiver holds in the portal in the spring. Um, that's that's kind of where I see wide receiver. They got a lot of defensive backs. I, I, I'm sure they're always looking for as many as they can get. Yeah. I think you might think you you might see another one there in the coming days. Um, we'll see. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so it's not I quite mean, game over. Yeah. I think there's still one more this week. I think we'll see. I think we'll see one more. There's a potential to see one more this week. Okay. And then uh, my understanding is, um, outside of this last one, we're waiting for everyone will be here by the end of the week and in classes, and the entire transfer class should be ready to like ready to go and be a part of spring practice. So and that's going to make spring pretty fun. Yeah. Gonna, and- there's a potential that we're going to have a lot of dudes to watch. Uh, freezing our butts off at Nippert Stadium this spring. Joining the uh, early enrollees in the weight room with Nico Palazzetti. Oh, by the way, Brent. Next Monday night. Ah, Nico. Next Monday night. Our old friend returns. Aaron, uh, anything left on the uh, the names? I, I, I did like the connection of Varner. Um, to Walt Stewart, Varner obviously was yeah. all all AAC at Temple, didn't quite produce at at, at Wisconsin, but a guy who's who put up some great stats uh, in the AAC, but but still a good build on him and familiarity. He was all conference at Temple in twenty twenty two. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Aaron, any anything else pique you 
on the uh, the commitments. Logan Wilson becomes the second Logan Wilson playing football in the city of Cincinnati, as there is a linebacker of the same name for the Cincinnati Bengals. Nice of nice of Logan to, to play for both teams. I like it. I like. I think that's how it goes. Very good. Very good. Well, uh, want to timestamp this? Well, and, and also Jared Bartlett, great um, addition. I, he, he's a guy that was loved by West Virginia. Everyone's kind of you know freaking out a little bit, scrambling over there. I imagine he's going to fill in really well as a dog position. If I had to had to venture and guess, but man, that's a that, that that's a high talent that has shown that he can produce at a high level at at this uh, you know in the conference. So it'd be exciting to see that, but. Look, I, I think, I mean, if we're being honest, I think losing George Gums hurt. Like, I think that was the guy that they really felt had a lot of potential, but then they backfilled him with two more pass rushing types. So yeah. that that's the, look, the portal is crazy. It's going to be crazy. There's nothing you can do to keep it from being crazy other than continue to be ready right, for whatever might happen until these kids are on campus and in class. And bitch at whatever governing body is in charge at how stupid the rules are. Because yeah, to fix this shit job. because it's the wild, wild west. Crazy. All right. Do you want is, is this where you want me to timestamp, Brent? Yep. Or you don't want to talk anymore recruiting? I've done our recruiting. <laughs> All right. And I thought maybe you had something else to get to, but uh I guess we'll timestamp here. It's the quick paper supply timestamp your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. They provide mostly disposable restaurant supplies. So products like to-go containers, cups, pizza boxes, and to-go bags, can liners, napkins, etc. They have been open since 2009 and are one of the largest minority-owned companies in the city. Call Nico at 518 5- Nico's, Three. Nico's the guest Sorry. next week. <laughs> call, call Nick at 513-470-2029. You call Nico, he'd probably be very confused, but... Uh... <laughs> it's correct. He said, "Hey, I, I'm here just trying to build a football team. I, you know, I, I, I can't help you with these." I think Nico would try to get you in touch with Nick. Like, yeah, I think, I would. think that's that's how Nico is. He would try to get he's, you in touch with Nick. Just friends helping friends, man. Bearcat <laughs> friends helping friends. All right, mailbag. Uh, first question in the football portion of the mailbag: Do we expect all transfer portal guys starting spring semester class at UC? This way, they're locked in and they can change schools. Yes, that's what I just. Aaron must not have been listening. I, I expect them all to be here and in class by the end of the week. Well, I was getting the timestamp typed up and producing work. Uh, first off, after seeing the roster now before practice, how many wins do you see with the current roster for the following? Please answer both sides of the ball. In your opinion, was the most uh, talented – in your opinion, who is the most talented transfer in? Who was the most important piece to get? Um, Merck, 
why do we have to do this? Ever? They're so long. Um, I don't know yet with wins on the current roster. Like for me, this comes down to one thing and we're going to talk about it all off season. We'll be talking about it until kickoff at the end of August. Is Brendan Soresby the answer at quarterback? Yes. Yes. If he is. The success measuring stick is bowling, right? Like you have to go bowling. Yeah, for this. Yeah. Go back, get back to a bowl game for sure. Like that's step one when you've had a year as bad as last year was. The first reasonable step is okay, year two, find a bowl game. Um, Are they better on defense? Um, I, I think they added enough guys with like a get to the quarterback pedigree uh on the defensive line that that you hope that that is uh easier accomplished this year that guys aren't standing back there like the the damn statue of liberty waiting for people to run open 30 yards down the field 40 yards down the field um so i think they're better there and you know this all rests on soresby like i i hate to do that like that's not fair to the kid but that's where we're at like quarterback wasn't good enough last year and it cost them games. And if quarterback is substantially better, then, you know, we're, we're maybe having a different conversation uh, through the portal next year. So yeah. Um, I think most important guy was, yeah. Soresby without question on offense uh, defense. I'm going to say, Maybe, maybe Kai Stokes. Safety is definitely a problem spot. Um, I don't Probably feel name anybody on the secondary that they got. <laughs> right. Who steps up is a, a, a capable starting corner, and it's them, whoever that is. Uh, because it's you know I I I don't have the angst for Jordan Young that you do, Aaron. It got better at the end of the season. Yes, he improved. And I think as he continues, I think we forgot like he was a redshirt freshman. Yeah, he was like, yeah, he was very young. Because all of the other transfers they brought in were like six year Not, like late, late, right. late process guys. I think we we lost track of the, the site, the fact that he hadn't been doing this for very long. So I think there's still some promise for him. If you can find a guy opposite him and you've got two corners and your safety position is a lot older, a lot more mature, a lot more solid. Well, even Kaylee Carroll be got better as, as the season progressed. So, I mean, he did. So I, it, now that he's got those starts under his belt, I'm really interested to hear Royer's thought on this uh, whenever he comes back. When what effect it has on, on cornerbacks when they have strong safety, like, Good safeties behind them. You know what I mean? It, it seemed like safety was kind of a, a weaker spot than we than we give much look to this past year. Uh, they they could never really figure out who was going to be that that position next to, to threats and threats also kind of had that 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 weird kind of a season feel to it as well. But with safeties, like you mentioned, Chad, that that are competent and they they seem to have a high level of of just at least experience playing football at that position in the division one level. So what, what that does for cornerbacks, knowing that they've got safeties behind them that can make big plays. 
So I think I think you'll see Jordan Young take a step. I I think you'll see Carroll take a step when he's out there. I think you know if it's if they decide to throw Canteen out there at one of the other corner positions as well, I think you'll see the ability to know that you've got that backstop that's really uh, really leveled up from this past season. All right. Are all the commits enrolled in classes are expected to? We did get to that. Um, uh, Coach Sat and staff are on fire or just doing what is expected after three and nine? Uh, a little of both. Like, you, you still have to get them here and get them to commit. You still have to have, you know, the right NIL packages and the, the structure in place that, that have kids that want to come in. Um, but you know, that's, that's the job. That's what you're supposed to do. What it's what we talked about as soon as the season ended and, and we were looking at portal season ahead of us, they needed to take Exodus from the bottom of the roster and add to it. In that in that place, strength at the top to middle of the roster. On paper, it looks like they've done that. We don't I know yet. The only if they did. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying the only thing I think they really hit potentially their best hit that, that was kind of big was the Soresby. Mm-hmm. Um in terms of like being on fire. I mean, I think a lot of I think it's it's hard with this NIL. You see, like, oh, like so and so from like this like Power Five conference committed, and like you see like a bunch of those guys all like do it in one little batch, and it might appear as like, oh, we're like doing some some crazy shit right now. But I think I think that's just part of the process. I think a lot of schools are, in our shoes are doing the same kind of thing. So I wouldn't say we're like knocking it out of the park, but. We're, we'll we'll never really know until these guys start playing like Big Twelve conference games, just like how we saw this past year. I mean, for the most part, Ryan, you know, you can see in practice, yeah, if a guy yeah, has but, talent or if a guy is bad. Yeah. Yes, that's true. But you know, kind of how we we thought a lot of our DBs and our secondary was through spring ball and camp. We kind of had a little bit higher expectations because of the competition they were going against and the depth of the receiver room and right. we were kind of surprised how big the drop-off was throughout conference play that's kind of what i was alluding to but yeah you'll you'll see like when it gets to be good on good in camp and yeah camp and i'm just ball, adding like, i'm oh, not this guy's, yeah. disputing what you're saying i'm adding to what you're yeah. saying there i mean yeah. you can there i'm not going to name names but there was a guy that transferred in this year that played very little that was very clear when he got here, like, and, and he played somewhere else that was decent and, and had an impact. But when he got here, you could just tell like this, this isn't a fit. He's, he's probably not going to see the field outside yeah. of special teams. Yeah. Um, why is Soresby that much better than Drogosh? Uh, he's a, a year plus farther along. Uh, he has played, six games in the big 10. Um, there are a lot of big 10 coaches that really respected how good he was in the second half of the season compared to, and Brent can speak to this, the quarterback play that Indiana got before he took over. 
so there's a lot of people that believe he's got a chance to be really good. And quarterbacks don't come free in the portal, especially the good ones to pretty good ones to great ones. So he's coming in as a Big Ten starter. He got paid. Let's just be honest about it. He's going to have a shot for this to be his job. That's why he was brought in. Hopefully, Brady Drogosh is excellent in the spring and in the summer. And Brady Lichtenberg. And they push Soresby. And now it's not just a foregone conclusion. But if you're asking me who I think is going to be the leader in the clubhouse, who's going to take you know the, the, the meaningful rap, reps throughout spring, I'm guessing Brendan Soresby. Something would have to go very wrong if Sorsby wasn't the starter. Like we would have had to made a huge error in our decision making, and or one of them just jumped up and and had a great yeah off season. But, but they they would have starting to do from a ahead. lot better. Yeah, yeah, they would have to do like undoubtedly better because we have a lot of vested capital in our boy Sorsby. All right, Agreed. and. This one came in while we were doing the podcast, but until when can a transfer commit flip? Do they have to physically go to class or does a semester have to start for their school? Uh, we've been over this many times. Sit their just, ass down in a class. Yep. Got to be there. That's why George Gomes was able to, regardless of him signing, that's why he was able to do what he did and, and go to Florida. But right. with, with that new thing that passed, can't you just enter the portal again? There are penalties for like doing it like double dipping. You're okay. not supposed to be able to double dip, right? I'm sure there are going to be exceptions, but like once you enroll somewhere for the year, you're there for the year essentially. That's how it's supposed to work. It's the NCAA. Yeah, it's weird. I I mean, freaking Memphis added that one dude from Kansas State, and he's a stud. Yeah, but he hadn't played at Kansas State. They kicked him out uh, of school. Yeah, right. Okay, Memphis I think just it. had like two dudes. If, if he would have gotten some games underneath his belt, then might have been different. Then he would have not have been eligible to play. Same as, as Mikey Williams, who they're they're saying might go to UCF now from Memphis, which yeah. is another wild thing. But whatever. All right, that's crazy because Memphis was trying to do right by the kid who yeah uh, just had. Like serious felony charges against him. Yeah. You don't hear me defend Memphis often, often, but I don't know that Mikey Williams is going to be at the front of my call list on like we could use some midterm help in December. Although, if you watch UCF against Kansas State, eh, I get it. Yeah. They'll take all they can get. That's the end of the football portion of the mailbag. Moving on to the basketball portion of the mailbag. We are one-third of the way there, Brent. What is your prediction on the following by end of season? <laughs> uh, first team, all Big 12. Second team, all Big 12. MVP, all Big 12. Uh, MVP, right now, it's Hunter Dickinson. Oh, no. oh I, thought, I thought you were saying, like, I, I did not understand this question at all. <laughs> Who's first team, all Big 12? Who's second team? I have no – they played one conference game. What are we doing? Um, every team's got three, like two all league level players. So until we get to March, like that's 28 
all Big 12 level players for 10 spots? I don't know. Usually you you take like the best player from the from the top three teams. So Kevin McCuller, Hunter Dickinson, they'll probably be both be on it. Yeah. Uh Max Azmus, maybe LJ Cryer. Uh I don't know. Vic Vic, if if Vic can play like he did against BYU, he'll 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 be up there for one of the t- one of the three teams, but yeah, I, it's too early to tell for that. What is UC's answer to dynamic shot creating guards like Aismas tomorrow? Is Day Day good enough on the ball, or do they try throwing bigger wings like John slash Dan at guys like that? First off, you got to do a better job staying in front. Like you just have to be more sound fundamentally in moving your feet and beating the guy to the spot. Like that's been. That's been the biggest – it hasn't been a talent issue. It has been an effort issue that they have allowed guys to just get to their spot and dictate action. That's a man-up, mano-a-mano, I'm going to get my – I'm going to get a step ahead of you and take away what you do best. Because it's on tape. They know. It's not a secret. Max Aismas is not coming in here tomorrow and doing a move that they haven't watched on tape over the past – 36 hours like it, it do your assignment beat the guy to the spot and make him pass it if you let him get to exactly where he wants to get he's gonna rise up and take a shot he wanted that he's comfortable with so it, it doesn't come down to switching strategies or whatever it's man on man win your matchup and beat the guy to the spot mono that, mono that's what good defense is. Are there elements of help in it? Sure, of course there is. Like, there wouldn't be help defense if not. But but in the grand scheme of things, what this team has not done well enough is prevent the opponent from getting the ball where they want it to go. And that's a, that's a man, man up thing. Anything to add there, Brent? Not necessarily. I think... I think, like Chad said, game plans will be drawn up, and I think Day Day can can handle Asmus or or if he's going to be put on Hunter. I think you want to you want to kind of defend the three point line against those two guys too. So if you if you have to put a big on him with with disease in the there as a rim protector, I, I mean I don't know. I I'm starting to drink the Kool Aid again, so I'm gonna <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna take a step back. That's not Kool-Aid. That's called wine, Brent. Oh, yeah. That's it. Plays and of the game. Don't drink that post-pit uh, post game Kool-Aid, I think. As long as you stay away from whatever was in that that, that, all, that three of, all four of us drank on our way. Whatever was land, flowing in Pittsburgh. Sure. Well, we, we were on our way to Hail Bop with the new the new sneaks on. It's a Heaven's Gate cult reference. Uh, that oh, may be before your time, Ryan. I just laughed at it. I had no idea what you meant. I just pretended like I did. <laughs> oh, boy. Sorry right. to interrupt. Go ahead. All good. Plays of the game. Vic's three to go up 11 points at 240-minute mark. Uh, Day-Day breaks the press and passes to Aziz for the dunk two minutes left. Or Newman steal an angry dunk to stop a BYU run in the first half or any of your choosing. Probably the Vic three. 
I thought that was the dagger. You go up 11 with two and a half left, like, you're going to have to, you're going to have to mess up real bad to not get that thing home. He was very selective with his three. I don't, that was, was I mean, he had a guy closing from the side. Like, that wasn't an easy one. So, kudos to him. He banged it. That was a, that was a big one. Brent, any other plays that stood out to you than those three? Um, I I think the whole Jizzle segment was was yeah. I was going to say Brent the the Dan getting shoved out of bounds and cross courting it to Jizzle for the open three. Yeah, that that was because um, yeah, that's when you that can start to kind of get a pulse. I I, I also love the two uh, failed backdoor attempts by uh, Khalifa on their team because that showed that Cincinnati kind of made adjustments figured it out time and and. You know, kind of had things in control at that point. Um, yeah. The dunk by Aziz, and then he goes down, gets the offense, he gets the defensive rebound, throws it off of the, the BYU player. Um, that segment was awesome. And, and also, you out rebounded one of the best rebounding teams in the country. That's Bearcat basketball, baby. That's why you bleed red and black. Right, Roy? <laughs> Here's what I would say on that Jizzle three where Dan was getting shoved out of bounds. Trying to keep the sanity here. Um, that put him up five. And at that point, like, I remember th- thinking to myself, how the fuck are they up five? Like, what just happened? <laughs> right? Like, yeah, this was a game that they were playing like dog poo. And now they're up five and looking like the much more confident, cohesive team on the road. In a place that's going to be supposed to be one of the toughest environments in the country. So uh I, I'm changing my pick. I'm going with the the Dan gets shoved out of bounds, hits cross court to Jizzle, Jizzle makes a three, they go up five. There was 930 remaining at that point. And I I think it got to four once, and then other than that, that was the closest it ever got. Which brings us to game ball goes to key stat of the game. I'm going to say Jizzle James and his points in very limited minutes. Rebounding. Come on, John. Go ahead, Brent. Yeah. Come on, John. Give me a couple key steals in that first half when they couldn't get any offense going. He rebounded like a monster. He guarded like a monster. Eight points, five rebounds. I, I just watching him like kind of frustrate, you know, what what Nell and, and what they were trying to do on the prayer. Not Nell, but um Robinson. Like Robinson is dynamic. He scored five points. He was two of seven from the floor. He didn't go to the free throw line. What John was able to do on him to really get him out of his game was impressive to me. Royer, I'm going to give you Vic Locken. Uh, just say he had 17 points and seven rebounds. Um, and then I'm going to take. That's uh, good to me. I'm going to take Aziz Bandaga <laughs> because, man, he. Defensive glass. He was a Forget dog. Forget the points. Forget yeah. the points. What he did on the defensive glass demoralized BYU. They He's couldn't a, get to a anything. Dog. Yeah. A dog out there. Um, I, and, and my side of the game is out-rebounding 
the arguably the second best rebounding team behind Cincinnati by 11 on their own home court. Yeah. Big time. And they missed. Both teams missed a ton of shots. And Cincinnati dominated the glass. Any insight to Wes's halftime speech at BYU or if one of the players fired everyone up? Any key changes in the defense in the second half? No, I don't. I don't generally ask locker room questions because coaches and players don't really want to tell you those things. Um, so, no. Uh, I, I didn't see anything schematically that they did a whole lot different. They were trying to speed BYU up. They were trying to be physical with them. They wanted to throw off. This is one of the key things you have to do with a great passing team is you have to impact their timing. And it it felt like that, especially once things started rolling downhill. I mean, they went three for 14 or three for seven, three of 17 in the final 12 minutes of this game. Like they were not comfortable in anything that they did. So it, it just felt like what I was talking about earlier. You have got to man up and say, I'm not getting beat. They are the ball is not beating me to this spot. And when you have a team that decides that's how they're going to play, for the most part, you're a lot more successful. Other than, hey, we're we're more talented than them. We don't it doesn't matter. Like if this guy dribbles over here into the, the middle of the floor and gets whatever he wants from 12 feet, be it a, a shot, a layup, a pass, ah, eh, we'll be all right. No, you don't let that guy get it inside the, the elbow. And you make them pass. And then you make them reset their offense and try again. And there was a lot more of that in the second half. Uh, and I also thought BYU, and I still don't know why Nell sat for seven minutes other than he must have just been absolutely gassed. Remember, he had nine made threes at the 12-minute mark. And then he sat for seven minutes. He had to be completely out of energy. That's the only thing that makes sense, right? Yes. Uh, heard of any former players returning or special guests? Heard of any former players returning or special guests in for the game tomorrow? Yes. Yancey Gates. Yancey Gates said he was going to be there. Yeah, I saw that. Which I hope they do that little standing roar of, you know, during the timeout. Oh. You talk about a like the legend of Yancey Gates has grown over the years. And and that's a that's a dude that like the entire fan base will be like, yep, there he is, Yancey Gates. All right. There he now is. that the Bearcat there he is. <laughs> Big dog. Now that the, now that the Bearcats are one and zero in the Big Twelve, the following questions need to be answered with regard to promises made if we start six and zero. Number one, will Brent adjust his camera angle to reveal 100% of his shirtless top half or stay with the neck and shoulders view? Number two, what sauce will Chad put on his cardboard or will he eat it dry? Aaron, did I did I say I would kiss Dave on the mouth if they go two and six? I thought or two and four. I thought I said three and three. If they get I'm to not, three and three, I'll kiss you in the mouth. Is what I said. I think. I don't. Don't wow. put that. Don't put that on me. You didn't. You didn't. Ever... You're the producer. It's I'm your job saying... to listen to the show. I listen. I just talk. I, when you guys talk about kissing each other, I'm all the way out. <laughs> uh, that's that's between y'all. 
<laughs> Not a third party to any of that. Shouts to uh, Killer V, man. That's a he's got one dedicated listener right there. What, what, sauce will, what sauce will Chad put on his cardboard or will he sauce dry? Galact galactic sauce. hot sauce? Uh, yeah, galactic maybe. Maybe a mix of galactic sauce and sauce sauce. Well, uh, maybe if Buffalo Wild Wings is sponsoring that episode. Uh, where exactly will the Burning Couch podcast take place and will you be wearing hazmat suits? Uh, it'll be on Short Vine where all the other couch burnings happen. Uh, bonus question. Given Chad is kissing Dave on the mouth if we get to two Big 12 wins out of the first six games, is Chad secretly rooting against the Bearcats on Tuesday? No, he he is he is secretly rooting for the what Bearcats for just that. <laughs> Dave and I were joking around going through the first six games, and I'm pretty sure I said, if they go three and three, I'll kiss you on the mouth. Like, just being a smartass. Uh, and now, you know, Killer V likes to... Not only hold me to what I said, but I think he's fudging the numbers. He's got a, record. he's got a recording of it in his room. He keeps playing back. Well, I mean, play. everybody's got a recording of it. Everything we do is on the internet for, like, work. That's what we do. If I said two and six, okay. I'll kiss him on the mouth of two and six. But, you know, it's I'd rather. A weird about, episode. A really weird episode. No. What would happen at eight and oh? Six and oh. It's a six-game stretch. I thought we were just specifically and, talking oh. about the first six Big 12 games. Yeah. All right, uh, Justin Berg's asking. Uh, Justin Berg is asking. Two years ago, this was arguably the worst rebounding UC team since the 1980s. Now they are top five in the country. How did West turn that around so fast? Surprised he didn't ask to come on the show to discuss that very topic. Get guys that can rebound, like recruit rebounding. I like. I don't. I, I taller wings. No, 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 Aaron. I'm talking about the one thing that translates to every level of basketball is rebounding. If I watch a guy in AAU and he doesn't rebound in AAU, I guarantee you he will not ever be a good rebounder in college. Makes sense. The, Wes has talked about this. The first thing, somebody told him to go watch Dan Skillings. I was there, same game. The first thing you noticed about Dan Skillings was that he had a knack for grabbing offensive rebounds. He looked like a baby deer. He was all arms and legs. He didn't look like he had much clue of what he was like doing. But the ball would come off the rim, and there was Dan with the ball in his hands. And we commented about it that entire weekend uh, up in Indianapolis because it was just uncanny how good he was at rebounding the basketball. Well, guess what? In college, it is uncanny how good he is at rebounding the basketball. They translate. Gary could rebound. Trey could rebound. You know, like, it's never. there's never been a guy. I don't remember a guy that I scouted in high school that couldn't rebound or didn't have, the like, the feel for it. And then all of a sudden, four years later, he's at, like, six, seven, eight rebounds a game. It's one of the most relatable uh skill sets like translatable skill sets that, that you can have in basketball if you can rebound you can rebound you can they went back guys that can rebound dan vic aziz jameel like these are guys that can go get the basketball you stepped on my if you can dodge a wrench you can dodge a ball joke uh, Wes miller got a big win josh reed is carving out a role the vic aziz too big lineup eight against the Cougars. So what's the next annoying fan talking point? This UC team is going to mow down. 
that you have to cut Dayday Thomas's minutes. That you uh, have to reduce his role. It, I'll take you a step further. Starting Jizzle James. No, because I think you're again you're hell bent on making this one or the other. No, I'm saying that I think that'll be the the next talking point okay. that everyone's I, freaking out about is is Jizzle James needs to be starting. It's already creeping. People are already creeping up with that, but you started it two a month six weeks ago, whatever it was. I'll die on that hill. <laughs> is Jizzle in that you sweet might. spot? It's just on that sweet spot of being super talented, but not one and done talented. Feels like he could be first team Big Twelve as a junior, as, as a junior, as a sophomore. Not that Aaron sets expectations too high, but um, yeah, he is. Like he's not, he's not six four with a you know six ten wingspan playing point guard. So there's going to be some limitations. Forty six percent for three, right? So there's going to be some limitations uh, early on he whether is a or not he's the college point guard, right? And he's going to develop, I think, into somebody that will have a chance to play in the NBA. But right now, he is on the track of like I'm going to be a hell of a college point guard for two, three years. And especially when he starts to get down, like the you know, you guys, you guys talked about it in the nightcap how Dan, you know, when he drives, he doesn't always have to look to score; he can look to pass as well. When when Jizzle yeah. gets that going as well, the mm-hmm. drive and then the kick, that'll be the next step of the evolution for him too. Agreed. Yep. The show, the show. That is the basketball portion of the mailbag. One last, one one last portion here, Brent. Two questions left. Uh, we'll start here. Thoughts on Dez's future with the Falcons? Think they will give him another year as a starter? Uh, I'm gonna guess no. They're drafting a quarterback. They're bringing in a new coach. They've already fired their coach. The new coach and the new GM, whatever it is, they're going to get to pick their quarterback. That does not bode for get well for Dez as a starter in the immediate future. But Dez had enough success this year. There were there were ups and downs for sure. Dez had enough success this year as a starter. He is going to make a lot of money for a long time playing quarterback in the NFL. Whether you know what I hated? I listen to part of my take all the time. Um, it's it's a great podcast, but gosh, they hated Desmond Ritter, it, and it it really grinded my gears. Um, you know why they hate that? Why everybody hates Desmond Ritter? Because he took Cincinnati to the college football playoff. Yeah, like it's, like it feels like no one really liked Desmond Ritter. Like like people are saying right. that pass that he had yesterday was the worst pass they've ever seen an NFL quarterback throw. And Come it's just on. like, it's like, God, y'all are some real big haters. Right after he had a, a like, unprecedented second quarter. Yeah. Does that piss you off, Royer? Oh, I hate it. I I mean, I I just thought it was so ridiculous. I was kind of laughing. <laughs> not, not laughing at Dez, like having to go through it, but just like the ridiculousness of the fans and like, comparing him to like Hitler. I don't even remember what they were. I've seen some insane, insane what? like that's impressive. It's insane, dude. Like Atlanta Twitter for the for the Falcons, oh. like going after Arthur and Dez well, was like un unreal. Yeah. I mean their head coach couldn't couldn't figure out how to use several draft picks. So the fact that 
there was no success on the offense. That's he so also cool. couldn't figure out how to get the ball to Bajan Robinson when he's a or, running back, and all you have to do is hand it to him. Or Kyle Pitts. Did did Des get a or Drake set a damn record yesterday? Yeah, in the first, first second quarter? quarter. Yeah, second it wasn't. It wasn't a. It, it was the first time that somebody had put up stats like that since 2019. Oh, okay. But still, I mean, it it was a really good quarter. Man, but he sucks. When when you lose when you when when you lose by like 24, your defense isn't doing a whole lot. Yeah, I don't know. I I love Dez. Obviously, we're all biased, but. God, the hate for him, I just it pissed me off a lot throughout the year. <laughs> and the last question in the mailbag, as always, coming from Skins. Uh, rapid fire, best cheese for a grilled cheese. I'm going pepper jack. Pepper jack's really good. I like a like a pepper jack American, like a sharp cheddar type American type combo. Yeah, I was it's, it's my favorite. Too. I mean, that government cheese is pretty good in a grilled cheese. Sure, sure. The what? You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know what government looked like in a lineup of cheeses. You and when did, when's the last time you had government cheese? Where do you get? Oh, where does one? Cheese? Where does one purchase government cheese, Brent? I mean, isn't that American cheese? Is that what it is? <laughs> oh no, it's a giant block of American cheese that you used to get when you were poor. You go to like the shelter or like the the pantry, <laughs> and they give you a block of government cheese. Oh well. American cheese is what I mean. Like a craft single. Craft <laughs> singles are not government cheese, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like it's a little gouda. Ass. I like a little gouda, a little gris air. A little gris air on my oh my god. You know the best way to make a grilled cheese is you put a nice fried up piece of getta and a fried egg in the middle and you make it like that. That's well, the best that's not cheese. a grilled cheese. Sure it is. There's cheese. And then get getta, and then egg, and then more cheese. The, the funniest is watching Gordon Ramsay say he's got like the greatest gourmet grilled cheese, and that it just <laughs> the cheese isn't even melted. Yeah, it's horrible because he he put a four ounce block in there, right? And, and the bread's like this thick. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, this is the greatest grilled cheese. The no. funniest was you saying government cheese and thinking it was Kraft Singles. <laughs> well, I think it's just slang these days, right? Right, Roy? That's what the kids these days are saying. What? Yeah. That American exactly. cheese is just government cheese. No. No. It's not, no, that is... it's not what the kids are saying, Brent. Kids <laughs> <Hey, man>. uh, <laughs> these days, you never know, man. You've never sounded so rich. Uh, how do you layer your nachos? So, have any of oh. you been to Chili's and had their nachos? I have not. I can't tell you. They do chilies. I I haven't been in a long time, but sometimes on the road we would do chilies because they would be the only place that was open in like Fort Wayne, Indiana at 11:45 on a Thursday night. Welcome to Um, chilies. Individual nachos. Every nacho gets all the stuff. Okay. Like I I have like a 16 inch pizza round and you lay the nachos out in a single layer and you load every nacho with all the toppings that you're aiming for and then you put it in the oven and you let it cook for like you let it heat up all and get 
get together for like five minutes and then you have nachos. There's nothing worse than a soggy, nasty chip uh, that that's almost That's inedible. Yeah. Individual nachos. What do you guys got? I agree with the individual take. Have you done it before? Royer? No, but it just sounds way better. It is way better. <laughs> I like to make- do them. I like to do them with barbecue nachos, Ryan. Pulled pork, barbecue sauce, pickled jalapenos, and processed cheese. Are y'all seeing the squad they got on the screen right now? Yeah. How wild is that? Michael Jordan, Derek Jeter, Travis Travis Scott. Scott. (laughs) Game. If if someone walked in in the background, they were all dapping them up. I couldn't tell who it was. That's the Jordan suite up there. Yeah. When when I make my nachos, we we do a cookie sheet. And yeah, we kind of the same Similar. thing. Similar. Yeah, about. yeah. We're as long as there's no that. refried beans, I'm I'm good. I like the uh, I like the mix of the nacho cheese and the shredded cheese. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, I can throw some shredded cheese on at the end just for the hell of it. Right, right. Give me both. We got a I cheese like shredder jalapenos. for Ooh, little oh little Japalino, baby. We we got a cheese shredder for Christmas and it's a, it's Ooh, a game changer. Just have just just having one in the house as opposed to buying the bagged stuff that doesn't melt the same. Oh, hey, that's but, true. Ask you know I did, You know, side dish tonight was with our wings, Royer. What? Jalapenos sliced in half, filled with cream cheese, wrapped with bacon, a little brown sugar on top. Oh man, that was what our side hell? dish. It's a national championship right. game. That ain't right, man. That's too good. Hey, man. Stuffed jalapenos. All right. And the last question, Jackie Chan or Chuck Norris? Chuck Norris. (laughs) That's not even a question. I mean, I love Jackie Chan. He was great. Are you saying who wins in a fight? Like, what are we saying? It's just Jackie Chan or Chuck Norris. Who you got in a scrap in that one there, Roy? Chuck Norris. I think Chuck. Although I I, I did love the uh, Rush Hour movies. I, I, I love Jackie Ru- Chan. He's not beating up Chuck Norris. I liked Rush Hour more than I liked Walker Texas Ranger. So I'm going Jackie Chan. Hey, <laughs> you've yeah. never seen a Chuck Norris like kung fu movie, have you? Me, no. like back in the 70s, 80s. No. no. Yeah. Yeah, I can tell. Brent's Brent's never seen government cheese though. So. Easy. <laughs> that is clear. The, that is that's the, that is very that, clear. That's what the mail. Get us out of here, Brent. Half of this national championship game. You know what? what the, this episode is getting titled "Government Cheese." <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. I'm doing that. it. Oh, I'm doing it. To the faithful. Uh, but hey, guys, massive win. 7160 road victory over BYU. You get those those bonus points, you know, that those bonus net points with a double digit. It's the biggest win. win in the country, Brent. It's the biggest win in the country. Bonus net points. Gosh. That's what I'm talking about. Big time rise. You gotta follow it up with a win. Gotta follow it up yep. with a win. Tomorrow night, Texas Longhorns, Big 12 basketball is here. Stripe out fifth third arena. Look up what you need to wear. Before you head in there, red or black, hit, hit up anyone if you need a red or black shirt. Aaron will hook you up. Yeah. Uh, no. But uh, 
I don't know. He'll give you the link or something. But it's going to be an exciting atmosphere. It's going to be a lot of electricity in that Fifth Third Arena. Uh, Michael Penix is throwing a deep ball, and he's overthrowing his guy. Royer, one quick key to stop Michael Penix the rest of the way from Michigan. Have him keep overthrowing balls like he's doing right now. Got to get pressure in his grill. Got to get guys. Got to get guys in all four four rush lanes because he likes to, like, sidestep and do that quick little sidearm. So you can't just have pressure from from one lane. Where he can just step right up like this. What a pun. See? What a pun. You you're just told all Michigan fans how to win this game. Thank you. But uh the you know what? well. <laughs> massive, massive couple games, of course, obviously with Baylor coming up this weekend after Texas as well. So stay locked in. Bearcat Journal's humming. Portal still rocking. New new commits. Everyone is on campus. Workouts firing up. But uh tonight was a great one. Uh, so for my guys, pals, everyone's not on campus yet, but everyone will be on campus by the end of the week. Boom. Oh, yes. True. Sorry true. for that true. one. I, I meant the early enrollees for the most part, but yeah, um, you got excited. It's fine. But uh, you know what? This is it was great to get the whole crew back together again, guys. Awesome. But uh, for my pals, the BBP back together, Aaron Smith, Chad Brendel, Ryan Royer. I am Brent Young. Yet another fantastic BBP presented by. BearcatJournal.com. See ya!